All right, guys, welcome back to the Draft Don podcast. Very, 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 very special guest today. We got Josh from the Supercoach Whisperer page, also the Dual Position podcast. How you going, bro? I don't know if I'd, I'd say special, mate. But, um, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm that. I'm that kind of. Uh, I'm that bloke that played like third grade, but like all the first graders went down, and I've like packed up for the day. And you're like, oh shit, can you just sit the bench and hope that you don't get a start? <laughs> That's me. No, no, no. Well, I had, I had a lot of comments talking about you in my uh, in my questions for the Whisperer page. Uh, my post on Instagram, big one off the rip. Where do we draft Jai Arrow? For anybody, one oh one. No, look. In, in, all, in all honesty, like it's a genuine question. Um, it's a tough one. I think you're going to have to be one of those drafts that start on the Wednesday before the Thursday kickoff because I think it comes down to where he starts. If he gets over host or host, whatever you pronounce it, um, could be genuine like sixty point territory, which would be a decent what eighth, ninth round pickup. Especially, I think my answer would have been at a push. Especially, you draft dry arrow at a push. <laughs> if, he, if he's not going to start every game at back row and play like 60 minutes, he could average 60. He's dual position as well, which helps. So he gets the front row status. But yeah, probably no higher than, sorry, no, no earlier than like a seventh. I think, uh, I, I think what we need to rip into, the big one today, hot or not, I need, I need, I, it feels a little warm in here. I need some hot takes from the Whisperer. No one wants to hear but what we just heard. Jo- Josh will be out. He's an encyclopedia when it comes to super coach stats. He can rattle it off for days, but nobody wants to hear that nonsense. We're here to hear who's going to suck this year and who I'm going to suck off all year. There's blokes on my, I'm doing all the hots. Josh is going to do all the knots. Uh, some of the guys, if you listen to the top 40 podcast, I did. Last week, you're gonna. They've made a reappearance in my list. I'm not giving up. I'm dying on some of the hills. I have not heard any of the knots that Josh is going to hit us with. So you'll be hearing with me for the first time who the people that Josh thinks is going to suck this year are going to be. I, I I'll just start us off. Keep it nice and short and sweet. We're doing hookers through to halfback today. My hooker that I think is going to blow the barn doors off this year. I'm calling it. It's a 70 to a 75 average. Whoa. Now, now, yes, yes, yes. Now down there in Bondi, Mr. Connor Watson. There's a few caveats on that hot take. Okay, so this is what I say. Connor last year, he averaged 59 at the Knights on 59 minutes a game. However, there is talk of him starting hooker for the Roosters. I'm saying with that 101 PPM, if he plays 80 minutes, will he get 80 points? No. But what I'm saying is, if you're able to suck 60 points out of that night system, and I throw you down there with Tedesco and Kiri and Manu, and two, I don't need to tell everyone who plays for the Roosters, I think he can average 70. I really, really do. The only, Thoughts on that? The only worry that I have with him is, how much hype is he going to have to come into the season? And how much is that going to inflate his ADP? So the guys that I've looked at are guys that well, I think... if I keep banging on like that... <laughs> he's, he's, he's going third round by the sounds of it, jeez. Um, look, in, in all seriousness, though, like, he had 62 points in the Knights, whatever it was, and great. 
He's going to the Roosters. He's nowhere near the quality of player that Victor Radley is as a third team, but he's not too dissimilar in terms of the, the way they play. Uh, both very good link players through the middle, um, both really good support players. I think Verrills is out for one round. Um, I'm going to turn mm. my mic up as we talk. Uh, I think Verrills is out for one round, and obviously Watson would start, and then who knows? Like Watson have, has a gun game and then forces Robbo's hand, starts at the nine, maybe rotates through the 13 when Radley has a spell. and then Bit finishes. of a McInnes maneuver? Yeah. Bit of a McInnes roll? I mean, Can we see it? Speaking, Can we see Speaking it? of McInnes, and we're going to talk about hot hookers. Do we want to talk about not hookers? Oh, here we go. Because Do not tell, tell me that we've got Cam, the, hunchba- the hunchback of Wollongong. We've got Do not tell we've me. Got, we've got big Cam on the not list. Now, I'm not saying Cam will be bad by by all means. I think he will be he will be fine. He will be a 62 to 65 scorer. But the way people are talking about him is like he's going to carry the entire suburb of Cronulla on his back, the same way he did with the Dragons. He's going to average 400 points. He's going to make 700 tackles a game. <laughs> People just yeah, I'm just I'm seeing so much hype for him. I'm worried that he, that Craig Fitzgibbon's like, you know what? Let's just put you on ice for the first eight weeks. We'll get mm. we'll get you up to scratch, similar to what they did with uh, with Victor Radley and his minutes when he came back last year. And I understand McInnes has had an entire year off, but he doesn't have to like be the man that that he was at yeah. the Dragons, like. Mary Mary was just like, you know what, Cam, you play in the middle, just follow the ball, do whatever you can to make tackles. Whereas, like, the Sharks are going to be a little bit more structured. Mm. I don't think he has to chime in as much. He's playing 13. He's not going to get the line breaks that he got, like, similar to Reid Marnie when he... Imagine putting Reid Marnie at 13. Like, Reid yeah, Marnie's attacking stats just go down. Um, so, yeah, for me, Cam McInnes, he's good. He just will underperform his ADP, I feel. Mate, I've seen him go as high as, like... What, 15? I've seen some draft well, boards have him at 15. When, like, when yeah. I did the, 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 how do I explain that? What's the word for it? The infamous Don's matrix of all the points and scores that I get together. And it's, it's, ba- it's based on consistency, averages, strength of schedule that I've ripped off the Whispers page. You should go check it out. Everything like that comes together. And obviously, I don't draft off numbers, but Cam McInnes, he was up there like top five. And I was looking at it in the off season, trying to make an argument for myself as to why I can't have him that high. But every day goes past and he just drops further and further and further and further down my draft board. Because I'm not in it for a punt on a guy that might not be the guy. I think you're right. People have the Sharks with a really good opening draw. They do. But my worry is it takes the Sharks five or six weeks to figure this out. Like they've got basically mm. a new half, a new 13. Like they're going to have to gel around those two guys. And I worry that by the time that good draw ends, that's when the Sharks have figured it out. And it's like, yeah. well, we've just wasted five weeks. Like Cam McInnes is, is the kind of guy who I would be trading for after round seven or eight, because I feel yeah. like you could get him cheaper. People might give up on him. And then, and if, yeah. Hey, like, if the Sharks hit the fan, he will be back doing what he did at the drag. Exactly. And that's the thing. You, you, you'll get value out of him, but don't expect the world. Um, I've got him as, as a not and that's a caveat on the first eight weeks, I think. I think towards the end of the season, he'll come good, um, but don't expect him to light the world on fire as what people are talking about uh, for the first eight weeks. I think McInnes is a type, one of those guys, uh, I equate them to like a sports car. As soon as you draft him, as soon as you drive a car off the lot, value, he loses yeah. his value. He means something to you, but to the rest of the group, if you're trying to do a trade with him, he people do not look at Cam McInnes and go, I need that in my team. So yeah, I wanna, he loses his value. I want to ask you something. 
Let's say Cam McInnes mm. doesn't have hooker status. Where does he go? Nah, he doesn't. Like, yeah, that's that's. It's tough. Mm. It's tough without seeing him play last year. But I think if he's second row only, I don't draft him in the first five rounds. And that's what I'm trying to say. I understand hooker's mm. thin, but is hooker that thin where you take a fifth rounder in the the top two? Mm, I don't mm. think so. I don't think so. No, I like that. Hot or not. We got Watson and McInnes in the hooker role. Let's let's go to front two, two, row. Two, two very different men on the attractiveness scale too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Let's talk about a guy that I haven't shut up about since the season ended last year. Actually, in fact, I was talking about him all last year and I don't, Josh cannot tell me, everybody, the topic that he wants to talk about with this next fellow. I won't have it. Lindsay Collins. Now, I, I'm hot on this guy. Another rooster. Get him in. Played for Queensland already been involved in two grand final wins to a degree. Robbo thinks he's so good giving him his bloody grand final ring one year. He's coming off an ACL, but before he went down last year, 60 point average, pure base, 48. He secured that 10 jersey, in my opinion. If they take it off him, they're just being mean to him. And I'm not saying that he's going to blow it out the water like Payne Haas, but I've got him ahead of guys like Junior Paulo, Clemmer, and OG Papa in my draft rankings. I just think he has a little bit about him. If you go back and watch, he played the Tigers last year, I think in round two, looked like a damn 5'8". So, um, no, I'm high on him. I think he could have a big season. And I just, I don't, I don't think he's going to come out bigger than Payne. But hold on, not he's a guy that not a lot of people are talking about. And I think you can pick him up in the later rounds when someone's picked up. But there'll always be a guy that picks up Junior Paulo in bloody round four. Don't be that guy. Take take Lindsay in six or seven, I say. Junior Paulo is very close to making my front row spot for the not category. Uh, he has escaped it, but yeah, very close. Look, for me, Collins, oh, I'm worried with Robbo and what mm. he does with ACLs. Like, I just look at Radley and how he used him. Um, I've got some stats here. So, Radley played 59 minutes a game for the first six weeks he was back. He then finished the season playing 72. I think he's another one of these guys that... Their stock is lower because of the injury, same as McKinnis. And these yep. are the guys yep. that that will come good rounds 15 onwards. I wouldn't expect the world. Don't expect a, a sixth-round production out of Collins in the first 10 weeks. Mm. Um, but definitely once the match fitness picks up, he'll be, he'll be there or thereabouts. Obviously, I'm, I'm supposed to be the classic guy. Uh, a lot of people are looking at him for classic in round one. That's a big avoid for me. But for draft... Um, I think he's there between sort of a, a seventh rounder or so. I'd be taking uh, Stefano over Collins. I think that's mm. pretty understood. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think the reason that I don't have Stefano in there is because if I talk about him one more time, I might just be the straw that breaks the camel's back and someone will have a bloody brain aneurysm. I don't know how many more times we can talk about Stefano training the house down. And I, I can't <laughs> wait for Madge to pick him in in Jersey 16 and all this, all, all this chat has just blown <laughs> out of the water. Um, but Collins, no, I like, I like the Collins chat. Um, he'll be a kind of guy that, yeah, you just hope that no, not hope, but you, you don't expect the world from him in the first yeah eight weeks, similar to Cam McKinnis, but will come good eventually. Um, I think what I, what I say with the front row guys is I've I like besides Payne Haas, as you've put the asterisks on my slogan, but once we start going, it's like a demolition derby. All the front rows kind of look the same. Yeah. So do not pay for a Paulo or a Clemmer or a, a Papali'i, the OG Papali'i. Do not pay that name price when you could pick up a guy like Collins or a Fisher-Harris. Or, oh, that's a bit testy. I might even put him... Yeah, now that they're both front row only, I might even say, I'll be taking Lindsay in round 10 over Fish in round four. I'll say that. I'll put that on the record. Do you want to know who's getting drafted ahead of Lindsay Collins that absolutely shouldn't be? Marty, Marty Tapao. 
Oh, he, he is. Oh, he is. He just. He is going to get taken like way too early. Look, last year, Money to Power finished third. Is this your not? This it's your it's not? my not. So Money yeah, Money to like Power it. finished third in points last year. Uh, the bloke didn't really miss a game. I think he missed one game. Uh, he was eleventh in average with fifty eight point two and twenty seventh in total minutes when it comes to front row forwards. Those minutes are getting smaller and smaller as mm. the years go on. As with that average, it's going down and down and down. So Money to Power. Big name, people are going to reach for him. He's just, it's it's typical. Like the the older guys that that they've, they've hit the cliff yep. and they've they've fallen down. Look, he like I said, his averages are dropping year on year. Eleventh, uh, he could fall to somewhere like twenty fifth front row forward ranked, and that's only uh, I think what's that's that? Fair. That's six points. So when when you say all front rowers look the same, the twenty fifth front rower last year averaged fifty two point two, and Marty Tapao is the eleventh with fifty eight point one. Um, so. Six-point drop-off, he goes from the 11th best front rower to the 25th, and he's just, he's just going to get drafted way too high again. Yep. And and also, just another guy that plays off the back of Turbo, and if Turbo... <laughs> no, but he's just, he's just another front rower. He's just, yeah, he's, exactly. just, he's just another guy. Like, like, people... And this has been my draft strategy for the last couple of years. Like, I feel my... Unless it's Payne Haas, I feel my pigs very late. Because there is so many guys. Like, is it really worth bombing a fifth-round pick on a guy that's going to average 61? Or would you rather pick up a guy that's going to average 57 with, like, a, a ninth-round pick? Is four points it's, really worth uh, that no. fourth round? Exactly. So, Marty Tapao, yeah, he had a decent average, just under 60. But I'd rather pick up someone off the top of my head like a, I don't know, even like a Jacob Zayafidi. I'd rather pick up a Jacob Zayafidi in like the 10th or the 11th who will average yeah. probably six or seven points less. But I can do so much more with the, the pick that I've saved on Marty. Exactly. It's interesting too how the, how the game has shifted. You talk draft strategy. Well, how it used to be the last two spots filled on your team are going to be your center wings. Mm. These days, it's different. You get your center wings in a little bit earlier. These days, we're, we're spots, talking about front row. We're talking about Brian Toe as the seventh, eighth pick. We're talking about Garrick. Exactly, Garrick is exactly. the tenth pick. Yeah, like it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, I've got a bloke like Payne Haas down at twenty, which people are crucifying me for. But hey, that's just how I feel. Unless it's Payne Haas, <laughs> unless it's Payne Haas, don't spend a sixth round pick on them. No. All right. Second row, similar to Payne Haas as they used to play for the same club. This guy is one of my favorite players in the NRL. I was talking to a bloke at work about this actually just before. As far as favorite players in the NRL go, I reckon he's a top five to watch play footy. This is Pangai Jr. Going down to the Bulldogs this year, criminally, criminally underrated. This bloke is a firecracker, mate. Uh, he can really make something out of nothing. I'm not saying he's day for feeder, but the way that for feeder, they must have gone to the same school of bouncing off people because <laughs> when they attack the line and they just go, oh, he's broken another one. Oh, he's broken another one. Oh, he's broken another one. I think Pangai Jr., no question, top five second row forward at the end of the year. I honestly think he's pushing that top three spot for second row forwards at the end of the year. Average 65 last year, which was down on the year before, 70 the year before. But his minutes also dropped by 10. That average did get hurt a bit when he went to Penrith. But when he did go to Penrith, I don't think he missed a step. So everybody talking about new team this, new team that. Yes, Penrith won the premiership. But Pangai walked in like he owned the bloody joint. He's still got, I think, here it is, two tries, two line breaks, 10 tackle breaks, six offloads. He's good for an offload pretty much every game in 160 minutes of footy. And the, and the stat that gets me, in 160 minutes for Penrith, 176 post-contact meters. We like that. So, Pangai Jr., 
If you're in the third round at the top of the third round and you pull Pangai Jr., I think you've done well. I honestly do. Thoughts on that? Think of the alternate universe that we have with Reese Walsh at fullback, Sam Walker at seven, Paddy Captain and, oh. and Payne Haas up front with Fafita and Pangai in the back row. Add Milf in seven and here we go. <laughs> yeah, look, miss me on, on that. Um, but, but no, with yeah. Reynolds there now, Re- Reynolds with Sam Walker there, could you imagine that? what that team could Re- be? Reynolds with Sam Walker with with, with young Reese Walsh at fullback with yeah with the Basham Bros. Selwyn Cobbo, Katoni Staggs. With the Basham That's Bros a- in the back row with Fafita and Pangai Ooh. and then you've got Haas and Carrigan up front. But on on Pangai, yeah, dual position. Like he is good for good for. I don't think he's hit. His offloads will be as high as what they were, um, because I think he was sort of the big fish in the small pond at the Broncos, where he could just do whatever the hell he wanted. I think you'll get rained I in. I think the only thing I could say about Pangai is when I talk about his offload stats, I leave it at that. Oh, because yeah, the they're, they're, they're all they're all ineffective. He, he will push the issue. I don't think the offloads go down because you'll see him. There'll be six blokes on top of Pangai Jr. And then a little white ball just pops up out of this out of this heap on the ground. And you're like, how has he done that? Uh yeah, n- none of them are none of them are effective, but we don't care. We still get the points for them. Um mm. look, yeah, Pangai, if you can get him at the third, you've done exceptionally well. Uh the first eight weeks will be brutal. Uh the dogs don't have a fantastic draw. They might be spending a fair mm. bit of time under the goalposts, but once they click, once they find that culture, uh once yeah, once it it all comes together with the dogs. Um, you'll be doing very, very well with Pangai. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Pangai. Where do we sit with the Pangai versus the Mado debate? We taking Pangai? Nah, no question. Pangai for me. Do you remember Pangai Mania last year? There was like a five-week spell. He was like average like 85. Was like 95 <laughs> points a game, and he was the highest scoring player on Supercoach. I think I grabbed him at like 46 overall last year. Everyone's like, oh, he's a hothead. Oh, he gets suspended. And I'm sitting on this bloke with 95 points a game. I was feeling pretty good about myself. He did very well last year to stay on the field. Um, obviously, had the issue with with him and his partner losing their child. I think that may have mellowed him out a little bit as well. Um, mm. There's some sort of real-world experience. And, yeah, I'm really keen to see what he does at the, at the Bulldogs, especially keen to see what he does next year when you've got guys like Kickow there as well. Like him, yeah, are, oh, him and Burton playing in the together. League, if yeah. you can, and I think... I think Pangai, let me do, get on the quick Google machine, unless you know it off the top of your head. How old is Pangai Jr.? I can't I couldn't imagine I he's too old. Yeah, I want to say 25. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's 25. In a keeper league, um, mate, if you can get him, if you can get him this year, I didn't, I didn't want to mention dynasties or keeper leagues. I wasn't sure what the Don audience is into. But yeah, if you can get him in a keeper league, uh, he's one for the future, definitely for the next four years or so. Yeah, um, when the dogs just explode. You talk about talk to a doggies fan, they're winning the premiership yeah, next year. Dynasty, ten years. <laughs> um, you, you talk about players moving clubs and how it's going to have a positive impact. Um, I'm a Tigers fan. You're a Cowboys fan. We've got a bit mm. of a link happening here in the back row yeah. when it comes to yeah. one Luciano Lelua, who is who is my who was my uh, my my big miss with with Lucci. Look, Luciano Lelua. In the two RF position, averaged uh, sorry he was the fourth highest in points, fourteenth in averages, and ninth in minutes. So he averaged sixty one point six, but you can throw a blanket on between the guys that averaged fifty six and sixty two. Luch was mm. in that. I worry with him leaving for the Cowboys. Uh, I worry that he just says, yeah. you know what, I'm just going to chuck this in. I don't really care. Uh, and then Madge just says, all right, you can go play for the Magpies. I don't know. Yeah, but do whatever exactly. you want to want to do. But we, we have we have Sean Bloor. We have the better Pat coming in next year. Like. Yeah, There's just yeah. so much happening at the Tigers. I don't trust Luciano. Uh, he's had two really good years. Two, I think he averaged 65 the year before last and 62 uh, the year just gone. 
I feel people are going to draft him like with what the fourth round pick. I could see a fourth round oh. pick being spent on Luch. I mean, anything happens on draft day oh, after a couple of drinks. But I remember last year watching Lucci at the back half of last year just like take off. And there was a few games there where he was like 80, 70, 80, 70. Oh, he's good for a fantastic and, score. And I was and I was looking at him like, should I get on that? Should I get on that? Should I get on that? And then just before I sent a trade offer that next week, he gets back to normal. And there he is with his 50s. And I, I think he must have been scoring tries for the Tigers or something. But I just remember looking at his scores and I'm like, is this really happening? Is Leilua really happening? Yeah, so scores from round 16 to rounds 21, 64, 69, 47, six, uh, 83, 105, and then, yeah, you're right, yeah. 49, 66, 50, 21. So did peter out a little bit. Uh, this is more of a gut feel call. I can't really use stats to back this up, which is the issue, um, same as Cam. Hey, Kenneth. that's what we want. <laughs> like, like, like with Marty Tapao, we can look defensively and see that his production over the last four years has gone down year, year on year. I just feel with Luch and Madge the way he is that if Luch isn't given 100%, Madge is just going to yeah. say, all right, well, you're, what, how old is Luciano? He is 26 off the top of my head, 25. So why would we continue to develop a 25-year-old when we have iPad yeah, coming yeah. in who's 23, 24 uh, next year and you can piss off and go play with uh, Todd Payton? So yeah, I just worry that if it, if it does go wrong, pear-shaped at the Tigers, then Luciano gets dropped. And yeah, you've dropped a fourth, fifth round pick on a bloke who's coming off the bench. Not, it, it's a funny one. I always like to say, don't be spending your picks that high for guys like that. And then people turn to me and go, but who do you want me to get? To be fair, you did, just, advo- <laughs> you did just advocate for TPJ. Yes, yes, it is fair. I mean, there's a, there's a few second rows that I think are cream of the crop. You've got guys like Angus. Obviously, for feeder, TPJ, Cam Murray, Murray they're my guys. Like they're the Dons. Yeah. I don't know. They're the top there's five. Many other second rowers. I'm looking at. I and then I'll just start to fill my spine. Like I don't. I've never been in a position where I can draft Nathan Cleary. So I'm not going to be taking Nathan. Well, except last year, I was meant to draft Nathan Cleary, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but I've never been in a position where I could get a, a good halfback in anyway. So I've never been a guy where I'm like, I need to fill my spine. I just wait till the end with the spine as well. So solid guys, solid two IRS with a ceiling. I think that's what you're doing in, in your first four rounds, right? Yeah. Where, that's where, where you take some punts. Where you, we don't, drafting, you don't go for a 50 average there. Where are we drafting Tohu? Because he's not back until it's about... Tough, he's not man. He's not back until round 10 or 11. And expect, I take him above Lucci. Expect those next... Expect rounds 11 to 20 to be absolutely garbage. until he find, Until he finds his fitness off the knee... Once it all comes back together, I think rounds twenty onwards, he 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 be a guy. I think Tohu is a guy that you trade for round fifteen, round sixteen, like in the middle of his post return slump, home. and then final series, ride him when he's back to his best. Um, I've I, I feel been big I feel on like, Tohu. He's just a freak. Like he's he's good for the same scores every week. He's like a question mark. Sorry, lack of a question in everything he does. But yeah, you're right. Coming off that ACL, I just it's well, an ACL, that, right? Yeah, that's the next thing. Where do we draft Curran then? I think what is the news out of New Zealand? Is so Curran earned that spot because yeah. he played alongside Torhu for a few games last year, and he was not good. He averaged like fifty-four um, with Torhu mm. in the side. So it came out today. Uh, this is being recorded at five thirty on the twenty-fifth of January. Um, it's come out that he'll be basically doing what Torhu did last year. So Torhu, okay. in in defence, was defending in the middle. In attack, was attacking on the edge. And by the sounds of it, that's exactly what Curran's doing which is perfect because you're going to rack up those middle tackles and then you're going to rack up those edge offloads. So Do you with, see a world with that, where you draft Curran? With a third rounder? And f- 
No, we're not with the third rounder. You draft Curran, depending on how much hype you blokes give him. You draft him Handcuff. with the intention that when Torhu comes back, if some guy has held him for so long, you do the flip. I'd I'd do the flip if you were doing that. I'd do the flip a month early. Mm, so I did. Got to be preemptive. I did this it. with I did this with um with Nico Hines last year. So I flipped okay. Nico Hines on for uh, Victor Radley, Jack Whiten, and Nathan Brown. I want to say. Uh, mm. And this was three weeks before Pap came back, and that turned out to be a masterstroke because right. Hines came back. I feel if you do it too late, you're going to get stuck with a guy that's going to go from averaging 68, 69 down to 55 with Tohu back in the side. Um, so you've got to be smart with these things. You've got to, if you're going to try and shaft someone, if you're going to bend them over, you need to do it early. Um, yeah. You you need to cop the hit for two weeks while they cop the re- the reward. And yeah. then, yeah, make when, them think they got away exactly. with one. You got to be looking ahead. That's uh, that's what I always say. Do not draft for this. Do not trade for this weekend. Yeah, you should be looking what's coming up in the next few weeks. I, I did that with Adam Dewey last year. Do you remember when Dewey was just on fire last year? And um, I think his average was up there at seventy or something at one point. I saw Madge's moving him to the centers just before Magic Round. I think it was. Um. And to be fair, at the centers, he the, also he also did kill. I think yeah, he had like he, three he scores of hundred. <laughs> but my but my thought process was the next few games are going to be tough. Mm. Dewey's on fire right now. I can stomach not having Dewey, and I think I flipped him out for uh, would have been it would have been a Luke not Luke Carey was injured all last year, but I, I got some some spine player in. Yeah. You just got to be able to look ahead and see. All right, these next three games are going to be a bit rough for my guy, but he's on top of the world right now. Or maybe he's going to have a good game next week. I can show him off to the group. This guy's for sale. And then everyone goes, oh, he's good. He scores 70 points a game. Yeah, don't... And then you flick him off. This sounds silly, but don't expect to win your trade that week. Mm. If you're going to make a smart trade... If you're making a trade just for points, I understand. Like, if you're in a desperate situation where you need to win, you sell yourself for that win. Um, but if you're playing long-term, yeah, don't expect to win your trade that week if you're wanting it to last long-term. If you want it to get through as well, because if you're doing these kind of trades, if you're doing a current to a tohu or whatever... Um, that's a shaft, but you don't want to make it so obvious. So you don't want to be doing it mm. the week that it becomes too late. So because if you push the, if you push the envelope, you get stuck with him, and oh my, still has tohu. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to the last one of the day, halfbacks. I don't know if I can beat this drum any louder without the egg coming back on my face. I don't. I think I'm think I'm on the record enough with this kid. That if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be the talisman for him. Me and him will be in the unemployment line together because I'll be out of a page. Yes. Okay. Toby Sexton, King Sexy. I'm all in. I am all in on this guy. I And this is so much gut feeling in it because we only saw, what, four games last year? And the average was obviously ridiculous. Played one top four side, went into his shell. But what I like about Toby which you've heard a million times. I, I think I had him above Luai in my draft rankings last week. <laughs> Sample size is small. It's very small. Don't laugh at me. Goal kicking at the Titans. What does that mean? It can't mean everything, but there's some extra points there each week. Q Cup for Tweed last year. He averaged a try assist or goal and 91% accuracy on the kicking every 40 minutes. He gets dirty. He gets into tackles, 23 tackles a game. Let's talk about other blokes in there, but it's Nathan Cleary, 18 and a half tackles a game. Jerome Hughes, 18 and a half tackles a game. Sammy Walker, 14 tackles yeah, a game. Sammy and then Walker. I got a guy... The bloke, the bloke that everyone loves to target in defense, 14 tackles. How does that happen? Yeah. How does that happen? But then I got a guy like Toby Sexton, who was actually averaging 
21 tackles a game in Q Cup, comes into the NRL and is tackling more blokes that are running harder on him, trying to make a trying to make a statement of him. He's in there. He's getting amongst the ruck. He's gonna he's gonna earn his stripes. I think the Titans are boom or bust this year with Brimo in six, Jaden Campbell at number one. If these three click and it happens, Queenslander in safe hands. If it doesn't, the Titans fans are going to be at the gate asking for heads. But I'm I'm on the opinion that Toby Sexton can put it together. That Brimo, hopefully, he's been getting trained by Lockyer all offseason. He has so. Hopefully, Lockie's given Sexy a few tips here and there. Uh, and it ha- Maybe Preston's coming in for Bring Your Dad to Work Day as well. <laughs> There's a lot of knowledge that can be given to these boys, but I think Sexton has the raw talent. Um, it could blow up in my face, but I'm big on him. I mean, I drafted Ash Taylor last year and Jamal Fogarty as well, so I'm no stranger to, uh, to are you a Titans. Cl- are, you, are you a closet Titans fan, mate? I'm, yeah, I must be, right? I'm no stranger to Titans players that bloody kick the ball off the tee, but yeah, I'm big on Sexton. What, what are you thinking? I think... Um... I think you've rubbed up on me because I've now started hyping Saxon in classic and, and started to gain mm. a fair bit of traction. So, um, yes, sir. Yeah. So, look, the, the thing, trendsetter. The thing with Sexy is people love to say, "Oh, it's a small sample size. Oh, he only scored well against bottom eight sides. Oh, when he played South, he scored thirty-two. Bro, he scored thirty-two all in fucking base, mm. all in base. And if you look at, I think the other thing is like, oh, he only scored that against South. Um, there was a game. Oh, there was a guy that's getting drafted in the second round all year this year in mocks. Oh, what's his name? Luke Keary before he went down with five minutes left in the game, scored 32 against South. So if we're not drafting sexy for what he did against South, do not tell me Luke Keary goes in the second round. I don't want to hear it. I'm I'm all for sexy. I'm not for sexy over Luai, unfortunately. Um, but I am I am all on the second. I am all on the second way. If you can I don't know if this is reaching. How is this going to work? So the first gets the last and the second, first and the third. If you have the 10th pick, so you can get... So you're... What are you? The 10th pick, you'd be at the bottom of the third, top of the fourth, yeah? Do you think you could stack with... Yes. Do you, do you think you could just double up on uh, Sexton Luo? Do you reckon they fall that far? <sighs> so what's that? 39 yeah, and 40? Oh, yeah. Th- Th- Luo is 40? falling to the ground this yeah. year. Going off, going off averages last year, which is what 90% of the blokes in your draft are going to do. They're going to act like they have a plan. They're going to come in, get up the Supercoach app and be like, oh yeah, I'll take IPAP at six overall. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen, right? So if Luo... I mean, I could... I, I'm of the opinion that if you're around a bunch of idiots that are looking at averages, you can get Luai later. Yeah, if you... At, at the 10th pick, you could probably pick up Garrick and then yeah. and then Sex and Luai. I mean... Like, oh. who do you stack Garrick with? If, you, if you're able to get a stack of... Maybe if DCE drops to 10, I can see a world where that happens. Yeah. DCE and Garrick. So, yeah. So you, oh, sorry, you, you get two picks there. Yeah, you go DCE, Garrick, and then Luai Oh, but the true. If, you, if, you, if you're thinking sexy at the back, I mean, you oh. can pick up... I mean... It's 10 too early. I mean, Fafita might drop down to 10. Fafita could drop to 10. You could reach on Gussie if you wanted to. Like, 10. I mean, ten, li- ten. living in a world where you get Fafita, Garrick, and then two rounds later, getting sexy in Luai. Yeah. I mean, Jeez, t- it could be a lot worse than that. Initial mock drafts had me hating the 10th pick. Um, but you look into it. You could, there, There's a couple of options you could go. I mean, Cody Walker could fall. People might not put stock in the Rabbitohs this year, so you could get Walker at 10. Mm. Oh, um, if you get Walker at 10, then that's curtains, GG. in my opinion. Walker at 10, DT at 11. Game set, I, game hey, set I'll be honest, in 10-man leagues, I see Latrell Mitchell dropping out of a lot of first rounds I've just because people don't like the bloke. I've got Latrell just five or six. Like, just because just people don't like the bloke. Yeah, true. If you can get Latrell, he's going to drop out of the first round. He just will. If you can get Latrell <laughs> at 10, just set the rest of your thing to auto-draft because you'd be sweet. 
Um, but I mean, on sexy, we've spoken. You and I have spoken for probably five or six hours off camera about no how much we, about how much we love we love sexy. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan that he scored 32 in base against Souths. Uh, I'm a big fan of him punishing bad sides. That's what you want your good yeah. super coach players to do, exactly. especially in a side like the Titans, who are around the middle of the pack. Um, he'll have some hard games. He'll have some soft games. You, you just want him to punch out 30s against your good play, your good teams, and then beat on these scrubs. So yeah, really like sexy, good pickup. Um, yeah, late third round, no, late late fourth round. Uh, sorry, yeah, bad fourth round pick would be great for him. And some people will call it a reach, but um. But I tr- trust me with guys like like Josh and all the other podcasts talking about classic. That's this is going to be a name that seeps into draft. He might become too overhyped for me to put stock in come come March or whenever you do your draft. But at this stage, when it's still under wraps and we're the only two blokes on planet Earth talking about him, I like it. That's the uh, that's the funny thing. I'm sure a lot of people that listen to you are just draft guys. And the one thing I have noticed since playing, because I'm I'm only, I'm still a draft rookie. I've only been playing draft seriously for two years. Um, but it is funny to see the classic hype that, yeah, can can turn can turn drafts. I mean, you look at a guy like Selwyn Cobo, who is mm. pumped up galore in classic because of his price. Yeah. He's, he's going to get overdrafted, and that's oh, a, for and sure that's he'll get overdrafted. If you if you're a classic, I mean, player, look at Blake Braley last year. I think he had an ADP of fifty five or something sure. crazy because everyone started with him in classic. Jaden Braley. No, Blake. Who the fuck? Oh, anyway, um, if you're if you're venturing into uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll promote this podcast on my story, so a few of my listeners should pop over. If you are a follower of mine and you are just getting into draft, you have to separate the two. You've got to mm. you've got to look at it logically because and that's why you got to follow both of us. It can't just <laughs> <laughs> because you don't get you don't get the opportunity in draft to just you know be like you know what I get two trades this week. I'm just gonna bin this good as underperforming off. Mm. Um, there's only one person. There's only one turbo in your league. There's only one Cleary. So you've yeah, got to, You've exactly. got to. If you start reaching for guys in your third, fourth round pick, Tom and I are big advocates of not drafting in the first round. Like we love to just, yeah. but we love to start in the in, second. We in love my to home league, third. I'm not drafting in the first round. Because I had you, Turbo yeah. first overall pick, as you guys know, and I just, uh, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. Because you're, you're just so handcuffed to picking him. If you're not keen on Turbo, then obviously drop down. Um, I guess in classic, people are comparing Sexton with my uh, next suggestion. Here we go. It's, it's the last drag of the day. He's had one, super, he's had one score of 100 in two and a half years. He, he's being talked about like he is the second coming of Jesus, and he Ooh. was. He was in 2012, but we're now in 2022. He's probably not going to goal kick. Be? He's probably not going to goal kick. He is broken, and he's playing for a side oh. who. He's playing for a side who, let's be quite frank, aren't going to be making a run, a deep run in September anytime soon. And Sean Johnson. Oof. There's. Oof. It's going to be. He's going to go so high. He, he's he's he, just going to he go so does. high. He's money he to he, he is the halfback version of money to power. Oh, I pay that. <laughs> like I it's pay just that. it's just a name who has not done it for two and a half years and he's been broken. And if you yeah. said to me, "Here's SJ in the eighth round," I'd be like, "Oh fuck yeah, give it to me." Yeah. But SJ's going to go in the fourth and fifth. Like that's yeah. the unfortunate reality of it, and that's why I'm off him. And that's the thing. Like with draft, you can be off someone but on them at the same time. Yeah, and that's the funny I'm off thing. I'm them there at that exactly price, at that pick, but but when he drops down, if he, if he falls in your lap in round eight, round nine, and you don't have a, I mean, he's dual as well. So if you don't if you don't have one of your spine positions filled, I mean, yeah, of course you're going to take SJ because the ceiling is there. But uh, like we said, I mean, I did say before, ceiling, 
in the first few rounds, but a ceiling, a secure ceiling. It's not all just a punt. In those first four rounds, it's a guy that has a base, some kind of base, at least some sort of security. And then you got your ceiling on top of that. There's no denying that SJ has some of a ceiling. It's not 150 ceiling like Turbo, but I think he can get an 80 or a 90 here and there. But um, I mean, I don't even think SJ's base is there, is it? So, what did he, he had like three try assists last year? I thir- know he played like 13, no games. 13 but... pure base last year. Three nah, scores. Three scores. That. Sorry, four scores over 60. No scores over 80. Um, if you want to stall for time, I'll pop 2020 because I don't think it was much better in 2020. Like the move to the Sharks for him just wasn't wasn't ideal. Nah. It, it, I mean, and listen, he's back home. Everyone's saying now he's home. It could be different. The, the Warriors are putting together some kind of side with uh, Reese Walsh is there, with Tinny Zalesniak's there. Uh, the pack is menacing. Uh, I just think I, I, SJ's, SJ's a strange one because, like I say, if, if, if he's there in the eighth round, yeah, there's, there's worse options to take. I mean, and this is a guy that was just bigging up bloody Toby Sexton in the fifth round. But I, I just think that, yeah, I, I do sound like a bit of a crackpot saying don't draft SJ but dra- draft Toby Sexton. But I just think the upside's double, there for double, sexy. Double the base with the same ceiling. That's yeah, the way I'm looking exactly. at it. So and the, thing with, yeah. the thing that concerns me about SJ... 2017, 18 games. 2019, 18 games. 2019, sorry. 2017, 18 games. 2018, 18 games. 2019, 17 games. 2020, 16 games. 2021, 13 games. That is a continual drop-off in games played. He is now 31 with a history of lower body issues. Uh, A half that is supposed to, has, has a stereotype of relying on this athleticism. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm. SJ has be gotten gotten so much better at being a controlling half. He's he has really good numbers when it comes to forced dropouts and stuff. But with like Reese Walsh is there, who's going to be six? Is it Chanel Harris Tavita? Is it Ash Taylor? Um, Who knows? I think Reese Walsh is the guy they're going to be using in attack more. And yeah, SJ. Yeah, I mean, in years gone by, seventy-two average, sixty-four, sixty-three, sixty-eight, and then fifty-three last year. Let's say SJ finds his feet, but not finds the ceiling. What's a good score for SJ? Sixty. Mm. And then are we are we taking a sixty average in the fourth or fifth round? Toby Sexton averaged sixty three. I th- I feel like he can go four or five points better than that and yeah. be pushing seventy. And I'd just much rather take Sexton because he has the the safer floor. Um, like I said, double the base with probably the same the same amount of upside. And you're not getting points on Supercoach for coming of age and leading a team around the pack. Oh, you're not getting you're points not, for nostalgia getting, either. Uh, uh, ask Adam Reynolds. You don't get points for being a leader. You get no. points for being involved in the game. Why Sexy Mitchell- gets involved. SJ can be a leader. He might march the field. Might, might march, march the team around the paddock. But you're not going to get points for that. That's what I was just saying to you before we started recording, mate. Cooper, Cooper Cronk, one of the best halfbacks we've ever seen. Arguably the best halfback um, out of Queensland. That's not yeah. obviously like yeah, uh, Joey Jones. That's, 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 whose that's, name? Whose name isn't Jonathan Thurston? Yeah, he would be the best. Yeah, yeah, pure pure <laughs> pure, pure number se- pure number sevens. I've got Johns and then probably Cronk. Cronk had one score of a hundred in Supercoach, so it just shows you you can be this quality leader, but if you don't offer that strike, which Escher does not have anymore. Escher had that six years ago, and we saw yeah. him. We saw him average seventy two. But he's, he's getting better and better at becoming a controlling half, similar to Mitch Pierce, similar to Adam Reynolds. And these guys were just high 50s, barely pushing 60. And the unfortunate reality is I feel like uh, you, the Warriors fan in your draft comp is going to take him in the fifth and feel, feel I've got a steal. But if you've mm. been rational, if you can get him in the eighth or ninth, you've done well. 
Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I mean, the jewel's nice, but right, it, hot, it is hot, what it is. Hot take. Your 5-8 spot is empty and you need one. And you're in the seventh round. Give me Dill Brown over Sean Johnson. Ooh. I saw a lot of chat online. You're talking about Dill Brown. Hit me with something to try and change my mind because I am not on this school of thought at all. You've left planet Earth with this one for me. I I think he does tackle a bit, doesn't he? He's got an okay base from memory. So what was Toby Sexton's base? I think we said 32. 32. And you're hyping that up to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. You think (laughs) 32 base, lock him in, he's set and forget. Dillbag's base, 37. Dillbag's played... Absolutely awful last year. Dillbags played shocking. He still averaged 55 points a game. Mm. Okay, I'm starting. And I like his hair too, so. I just, yeah. <laughs> we the North. Shout out to We the North, clothing company. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, look, that's the thing. I'm starting to come around on Dill... So I've just had to say two, I've just had to say two stats and, and you're on board. Because I, I saw you talking about it on Twitter. I hadn't checked the pod yet. But I saw you, man. I think you messaged me too. You're like, what about Dylan? And I said, no, fuck off. And I think it was like a couple of days after I had posted on Instagram. Nah, not for me. <laughs> so, but I think it has been, it has been in the back of my mind a little bit. Rookie season. Um, uh, if if Parramatta, I mean, Parramatta's window, this is the last time it's going to be a jar. It's not open. It's a jar for the next few years. So if Parramatta are going to be anything and take advantage, he's got to perform. Moses has got to perform. Um, yeah, I could see I could see a world where Dylan Brown goes above SJ. Actually, I think I think Dylan Brown was the third overall taken five uh, eight in, in Supercoach last year on draft. So and for uh, good he reason, a... he averaged sixty four the year before when he was mm. nineteen. Mm. I mean, like, it's funny because the the Renaissance I don't know if that's the right word the resurgence of Gutho. Made mm. had, had the decline of Dylan Brown, but remember they had that weird thing where they shifted sides. They had Lane and yeah. Lane and Moses on one side, and Maddo and oh, I don't know who. Yeah, but I don't know. Brad Arthur is weird. Dylan Brown, twenty-one years old, thirty-seven base. That's a really good floor for him. If he can just improve that running game, I, I feel like we've been saying this with Jack White too as well, though. So who knows? Yeah. Um, I like Dylan Brown. I like Dylan Brown like an eighth round, ninth round pick. We're getting off topic now, but. Yeah, Dill Brown. Well, over, I mean, we could Dill Brown over Sean Johnson. <laughs> fight me. We've lost. We've lost many a night to talking rubbish about Supercoach. So I'll, I'll. We'll leave it here. We'll keep it short and sweet. Thanks for coming on on Hot or Not. Obviously, if you know who Josh, if you know who I am, you probably know who Josh is. But it goes. I don't know, mate. You're saying. you're you're this big NRL uh, megastar. Yeah, you know, you're getting shout outs from the oh, yeah. Roasty. Lights, camera, action on the Don page. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, full on. But if you if you know who I am, you probably know who Josh is. If you don't, somehow. Go check out the Supercoach Whisper on all platforms. The superior g- g- game mode, mind you. <laughs> oh, I know. I did get one. I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this. I put out on. Uh, I'll put out on uh, Instagram. Any questions for any? I think I might even set any classic questions for Supercoach Whisperer. And and the last one I got before I got on was classics just for blokes that don't have enough mates for a draft league. <laughs> Mate, that has never. True words have never been spoken. <laughs> Uh, nothing better than playing with a bunch of randoms in a league that makes has zero relevance and nothing truer yeah. has been spoken. Nothing better uh, than also well, looking down at uh, your matchup and seeing you have about two unique players as well. Oh, yeah, come round 18. <laughs> That's what I mean. You don't have to convince anyone here the draft is superior. No, well, look, thanks for coming on. I'll uh, definitely be talking to you. Well, I'll, 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 you'll be back on before the start of the season, maybe. No, probably. Probably. 
All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Just remember, give us a follow on all socials at NRL underscore Don, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.